Hello and welcome to episode number nine of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I'm Tom Whitcomb. Thank you for tuning in yet again. Episode nine, almost double digits. This is huge. This is, this is enormous. How many podcasts don't get this far? The answer, most of them. The reason? Being realistic. Most of them shouldn't last this long. Arguably, this one shouldn't last this long, but here we are pushing through. We don't have time for self-reflection on this podcast. That's not what this is about. That's not what I got into this business for. I got into this business to shout into the void and let them figure it out. Let the audience tell me what I'm feeling. It's a fantastic Thursday morning in Sydney. I'm looking down the barrel of a five-day weekend. You've already had that four-day weekend. You don't get the... Th- well, maybe you do get the Thursday off. I don't know how professional my uh, listenership is. But, uh, hey, you get... Oh, my my upstairs neighbour is singing and she is bad. She... I used to be one of these people. I used to practice singing in my house and I was so embarrassed about it. At least... At least I had that decency to be embarrassed about it. She she does it with a, with a real vigor. I mean, obviously, I can't be self-aware in comedy, but you should be self-aware in your musical ability, lady upstairs. I really hope you guys can't hear her. That would be uh, that would detract from the genius that is this podcast, the flawlessness, the near perfection. Who'd have thought perfection was achievable for something? in which the host puts in such little effort. And yet here I am doing it week after week. It's a Thursday. It's my day off. I'm doing my comedy stuff. Then we're up to Good Friday, Saturday, Easter Sunday, Black Sunday, or is that the fires? Good Sunday. Public holiday Monday, back to work on Tuesday, and that's where you are. On the other side of the the biggest... The second biggest break of the year. And look, you you have you got a couple of options, don't you? And look, if you if you're looking to keep that good vibe rolling, to to really take that refreshed, relaxed, re-energized feeling of a four-day weekend and just push it into the working week, carry it on, keep the good times rolling. Maybe find a different podcast today. But if you're willing to limp into the week to reflect on how little you want to do what you're doing today compared to what you've just done over the last four days, i got great news. That is very much the tone of today's podcast because I am awash with anxiety. I got a message from a friend last week about last week's podcast. He said, whoa. A lot of rage this week, huh? Well, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. There's very little rage on today's podcast, but you better believe there's a lot of despair. A lot of despair, a lot of anxiety in this household right now across both humans and the dog. We're, we're, all, we're all operating at a 9 out of 10. It only takes the faintest inconvenience to set any of us off, um, and that's a great place to be. Fortunately, none of us are violent. Well, the dog, the dog might, the dog, the dog cops the odd smack from time to time, uh, and that only 
fills me with regret and self-loathing. But uh, at the time, it feels good. It's not a hard smack. It's just, it's just a little. It's just a little. It's just a little. A little fuck off. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Just a little. You know, nineteen eighties parenting is what happens with the dog from time to time. I'm saying once every couple of months, the dog gets a little, little tap on the nose, and then he sulks and 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 don't I feel bad about it? But I can't be angry at the dog this this week because because I I empathise with him because I feel the same way because. This weekend we're uh, we're we're heading off we're we're heading up to the Gold Coast. Uh, my partner's family uh, do an Easter Friday party every week, uh, so it's going to be a weekend of parties, big parties, and time spent with family. My two least favorite things. This week is going to be filled with all of the things that I seek to actively avoid: busy airports. Parties where I don't know anyone, Queensland, all of the things. I have done everything in my power to wipe out of my life. Just wrapped into one good Friday in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, they say when you go into a relationship, your family doubles. But that's not true because my family is essentially three people. Plus me. I have an aunt and uncle on each side. On one side, they live in the country. On the other side, they don't really want much to do with us. So I've got one that's physically distant, one that's emotionally distant. Either way, we're seeing them once a year, twice tops. I've made it through all of my cousin's weddings. The only obligations I have from here on out are pretty much funerals. And hopefully that won't happen for a while. And if they haven't soon, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll have moved overseas by then. And, you know, I'll send my thoughts via Zoom. My partner, on the other hand, four aunts and uncles on both sides. This is what you get for shacking up with a Catholic. So many aunts and uncles, so many cousins. Each and every one of them. Just a walking, talking human imposition. But look, you know, here's the thing. My partner is very much looking forward to this trip. She hasn't seen this side of the family um, since before we knew what COVID was. She she's always loved these Easter parties. They're they're a real thing in 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 her family. They uh, they they build up to them every year. And so I guess I have two choices, right? Like I could uh, I could sulk and I could mope around and I could feel sorry for myself because I'm about to go spend a three day four day weekend in the Gold Coast of all places, uh, or I could sack up, I could deal with it, I could look on the bright side of things and I could just, you know, recognise what this means to her and be happy for her and, and put myself second. And I have elected for the former. Uh, I am moping. I am dragging my feet every which way. If you were in my house this week, you would have heard a lot of this noise. <sighs> More, So many sighs. So more size than anyone should be subjected to. That's what my house, my house, all the windows are foggy from the amount of sighing I've been doing inside this week. Because the second most important thing to me in my life is uh, that my, my partner's happiness. She's, she, I love her more than anything in the world. So the second most important thing 
to her to me is, is her happiness. But number one is mine. And it's not even close. It's my happiness, daylight, my partner's happiness, which just edges out uh, the Sydney Roosters 2022 season. And look, is that selfish? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm all about. That's kind of the thing. And people think, you know, well, Tom, you do stand-up comedy. You must be an extrovert. You must be interested in people. You're out there performing in front of people, interacting with crowds four or five nights a week. But what they tend to forget is that uh, that's a very one-way relationship. I would happily go to any party when the established rules were I talk and everyone else shuts the fuck up. That sounds great. I would, I, I would happily attend an Easter Friday with a, with a collection of deaf mutes. That would be a holy day indeed. I would go to every partner, every, I would go to every party that Helen Keller ever threw. I would be there. But walking into a, a room with a bunch of human adults with thoughts and opinions that they want to share, no thanks. No thanks. I get enough of that from the comedian before my set that I have to be in the same room as until I go up. Beyond that, I don't need to hear it, you know. I'm too busy trying to work out what I think about things. And when you're talking about what you think about things, it's very hard for me to zero in on what I'm thinking. A lot of noise, a lot of, lot of distractions preventing me from really delving into my feelings. But, look, it's what's happening. It's what we're doing. We're heading to the airport this afternoon. Busiest airport day in two years, apparently. I've never been on the lookout for COVID symptoms more. In my every, I'm going through rats. I'm going through rapid antigen tests like it's nobody's business. Three a day, morning, lunch, dinner, just in case. And in between, I'm just going around and just licking strangers, hoping for the best. But no, it'll, it's happening. We're going. We're doing it. We're going to the Gold Coast. We're celebrating Jesus' death for some reason. And uh, I'll report back. This is my only saving grace is I think I'm being so negative about the whole thing. The reality of it can't be anywhere near as bad as what I'm panning it out to be in my mind. And I'm going to come back and be like, wow, I was, a, I, was, I was such a little wuss getting worked up about attending a party. But that in itself validates what I'm feeling right now because, you know, this is, this is for the best in the long run. I will be better off for being as bitter as I am right now. That in, ultimately, that's in everyone's best interest. What's happening in the world of comedy? Well, there's a few things happening. I uh, didn't have too many gigs this week, but I did, I, did, I did have a real comedy high point for me this week. Um, a lot of you might not be able to relate to this, and I, and I, and I feel sorry to know that that's the case because you're missing out. And I don't know what the equivalent would be of this outside of the world in comedy, but um, I went to a gig and um, there is no better feeling 
There is no better feeling in stand-up comedy or in waking life, as far as I have experienced, than seeing a comic that you hate bomb. Oh, oh my word. <laughs> just, just, just thinking about it. Now I'm in a good mood. Oh, I can't wait for this weekend. Oh, seeing a comic that you have a personal disagreement with, not, not that you dislike their material, not that you don't think they're very good necessarily, although those things are also true in this case. You see, it's just someone that you just you just don't like very much. You've tried, you've tried to bridge a gap to make a connection, and they don't seem interested. And maybe it's because they can tell deep down you're not interested either. But the difference is they're rude about it. You know, at least I pretend to not be put off by their presence. They can't quite seem to manage that. And I, I again, I came in with an open mind. I came in looking to build bridges, to mend fences, to press palms, to other analogies. And I was, I was, I was, brush, I was brushed off. I was brushed off real quick. And uh, you better believe I, I, I internalized that pretty quickly. You better believe that colored my entire opinion of them, who they are and that, what they're worth. Because who knows? For all I know, they've had a terrible day. For all I know, someone's sick in the family. For all I know, they were feeling bad about themselves. For all I know, they saw me coming and they thought to themselves, oh, Tom doesn't like me. Tom doesn't want to speak to me right now. Tom doesn't want anything to do with me. I'd be best just to keep my head down and not even waste his time. But that doesn't matter to me because how I felt at the time, we're going back to, the, back to what I said at the start, the way that I felt, the important part of this story, was uh, disrespect. And just because I'm not Sicilian doesn't mean I don't have a real taste for vengeance. Just because I'm as white as they come doesn't mean I don't empathise with the Italians when it comes to disrespect. And then to see this person go up and just... Just flounder up there. Just do a just a real magic up performance. Just splash. Just just keep hitting splash. You know when you had Pokemon and you're like, well, surely if they wouldn't have splash there unless it did something eventually. Oh no, it doesn't. It 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 goes nowhere. And oh my word, it's just mmm. Mmm. Oh, it's so oh, it's so Moorish. Is that mmm. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's Schadenfreude. That's what it is. Is that, is that what I'm tasting? Mm. You think it's going to be bitter, but no, it's so it's so sweet. Mm. Can I get two more of these? Can I get can I get two more of these? I'm I'm gonna take one home for later. That's what I call when I record the set on my phone, so I can listen back to it. Oh, what a what a delight! That's why I got into the game in the first place. And I needed that this week because right now what is happening is the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Um, some of you may or may not be aware. It's the biggest comedy festival in Australia on any given year. I'd say probably the, I think technically it's the biggest standalone comedy festival in the world because the only real competitor is um, is Edinburgh Fringe, which is actually technically an arts festival. It's not, a, not just a comedy festival. 
Um, I don't know about Montreal. Montreal has a big comedy festival. Maybe we do that thing where we go, it's the biggest comedy festival in the Southern Hemisphere. They're, they're, South America doesn't come close to the size of this comedy festival. There, there is no comedy festival that competes in Malawi or any of the rest of Africa. In fact, it's in Australia. Australians like to get high on their high horse about that, don't they? It's the tallest tower in the Southern Hemisphere or 67th overall. But the Melbourne Comedy Festival is happening right now and I'm, uh, I'm paying a lot of attention. I'm getting all this stuff in my feed. I'm getting Instagram stories from my friends that are down there. I'm, I'm getting news articles on The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald of, of, of the reviews that people are getting. I'm, I'm reading the uh, comedy blogs and the comedy websites to say who's doing well, whose shows are doing great. Um, and uh, yeah, the FOMO is through the roof. The, the feeling of, why aren't I there? This, it, there's a real theme in this episode, isn't it? I can't help but notice during the Melbourne Comedy Festival, very few people are talking about me. Is anyone else picking up on that? It seems to be very much about other people. And I'm reading all these reviews and, and I'm trying to go like, what would they say about me? And I'm, I'm reading them about the shows that are doing really well and the people are speaking really highly of them. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe my next comedy hour should be about coming out as a trans woman. That seems to be doing well right now. There's nothing like comedy to make you envy somebody else's deep emotional struggle. Only in comedy have I ever thought to myself, "Ah, I wish I lived in a refugee camp. Then I'd have a great hour. How captivating would that be? Some people don't know how good they've got it. Because here's the thing about comedy festivals that you, the layman, may not be aware, is they want a story. They want a journey. They want an emotional reckoning. And my life is just devoid of any of that. I've never experienced true struggle. And it makes my dream of being an artist seem very out of reach. I, I, I just wish there had been something that I could have overcome by now, but no, nothing. No, not, a, not, a, not a barrier that I've seen yet. And I've got a friend over there who's, who's doing very, very well. It seems like selling out shows, getting great crowd responses, very proud of it. And, you know, obviously I'm very bitter about that. That should be me. This is my dear, dear friend. One of my closest friends in comedy. We've come up together. We've spent a lot of time together on the circuit. I'm not going to say his name because his show doesn't deserve any more publicity than it's currently getting. I don't want to give it that. But it's, it's doing very well and people are really liking it. And I'm not liking that people are liking it. This, 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 is, this, is, not good. this is not good for me. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm not benefiting from this at all. And if you're surprised to hear just how selfish and self-centered my perspective on the world is, I would encourage you to reflect on the name of this podcast. I chose that name, by the way. You guys know that, right? You guys know that, that, that we choose the names of the podcast. Does that give you a little insight as to what I think of myself? I hope so. 
I, I am somewhat joking. My friend's name is Anthony Lacascio. He has a show called Don't Call Me a Wog. If you're in Melbourne, you should go check it out. It's doing really well. You might struggle to get tickets because he's selling out. And I, I am I am objectively very proud of him and very happy for him. And, and look, you know, iron sharpens iron. He's always been someone that's pushed me to be better. And this is going to, I'm going to have to, it's really made me reflect on, on my, my comedy and what I'm doing and what I'm working on. The fact that I, I have to do, I have to do what he did next year. I need to go to, he did Adelaide Festival. I need to go to the Adelaide Comedy Festival, the Fringe Festival. He did Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm going to have to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival because he's setting the standard. He's setting the bar. Objectively, I know that. Subjectively, that piece of shit. Making me feel bad about myself? Who does he think he is? That's not what a friend does. A friend should sabotage himself in the interests of the people around him. Not make them feel bad. Would a friend want a friend to feel bad? I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought so, but <laughs> here we are. Big shout out to Anthony, who I'm pretty sure isn't listening to this podcast. If you are Anthony, please get in touch. Let me know. Meanwhile, a good friend of mine, Sam Bowden, a man who understands the principles of friendship, has spent the last week at the Melbourne Comedy Festival locked down with COVID. That's what friends do. Friends have bad times, so our times feel less bad. Do I can't believe I have to be explaining this. I can't believe that that isn't coming across. Thank you, Sam, for being uh, selfless and looking out for me. Because that means uh, that means that means an awful lot. I've got a few little things that I can be speaking about today. I'm going to put all right. I'm going to put. I got I got one little story that I'm putting on the back burner. There we go. That's the back burner. That's where that is now. Here's one thing I've been reflecting on, and and it's uh, going to. Well, there's two things. Two things that both have a very short shelf life, and I and I need to get out first before they become totally irrelevant. Much like my take on the Chris Rock Will Smith situation. Just a little bit too late, as both of these will be too. Um, when did Formula One become for hot girls? Can anyone explain that to me? Was it always the case? Like, I get it when you're in Monte Carlo, because going to the F1 as a hot girl means you might be able to spend some time on a yacht. But in Australia, the amount of... Of 23-year-old girls that I've seen on Instagram, and don't, don't, don't start questioning why I'm following 23-year-old girls on Instagram. That's, that's, not, that's not the point. That I've seen <coughs> just living it up at the Grand Prix and not just like rocking up for the first five minutes and the last five minutes. They go into the time trials. What is happening? Is, this is what Netflix has done to the world because Netflix has really fucked over the true Formula One fans because tickets, I'm sure, are more expensive than they've ever been before and harder to get. And basically, the Formula One has said, sorry, nerds, this is for hot women now. Hey, hey, engineering students, maybe watch this one from a live stream somewhere uh, because we've got some influencers here and they want to meet Daniel Ricciardo. And yes, they called him Ricky Daniello, but they knew who they meant. The Aussie guy with the tats. 
and afterwards they want to meet Charlie Clerk and Hamilton Lewis, all right? They have Instagram followers. You guys have adult acne. We don't need you here, okay? We, we appreciate the support over the years when no one really gave a shit about this, but you know what? Maybe take it to Bathurst, okay? Maybe go and spend some time with the other less attractive racing fans and leave this one for the beautiful people, all right? I'm afraid Netflix has made this cool now. This isn't for you anymore. And I think there's a real lesson here for all motorsport. The Bathurst 1000 could attract a whole new audience if it could just pass itself off as vaguely European. If, if we could just, just imply somehow that this is something people would watch in Rome, you better believe every Becky in the tri-state area is making their way there. Do we have a tri-state or is that an American thing? You get what I mean. Let's, let's, let's get those basic bitches to Bathurst. I believe we can do it. All we have to do is add an accent over one of the E's. There's only one in E. Over the E in Holden. Put an accent over the E in Holden. Put a little umlaut over the Ford. Holden versus Fjord. You better believe. The, the bitches are showing up. Their popping bottles are dumb. All right? And they're putting it on Instagram. And then we have a real sport. It's really baffled me. I've spoken to some of these girls that go to these things. They understand it too. It's not just like, you know, I, I don't know. Surely people would relate to this. When you go, with, like you and your mates go to a football game and you're like, well, let's bring our partners. All, all the girls will come. And they... Barely glance at the field. The only part of that game they're taking in is whatever just kind of flitted through their peripheral vision as they're talking about what they're wedding to the next what they're wearing to the next wedding they're going to attend. That that's as much as the game as they're getting. Maybe a quick comment on on one of the hot players at the start. By the time you leave the ground, you go, Hey, who won? And they'll go, Oh, is it over already? I've, I, I, thought, I thought we left early. No, 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 no. The, you remember the big siren? Oh, I do remember the big siren. Yeah, that was the end. Ah. Oh, okay. Um, did the Swans win? That was rugby league. We were, we, were at, we were at a rugby league game. The Sydney Swans don't even play here. Ah. Not in Formula One. They know the rules. They're like, wow, pole position is really going to pay off for the clerk, but I just wonder whether Verstappen's engine problems are going to be a recurring issue this season. Because if he's going to want the Constructors' Championship and the Drivers' Championship, he's got a long way to go. And I'm like, who are you? What? Where did this come from? 24 hours ago, I didn't think you understood sports or cars. And now, this is cool. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. I do not approve of change. 
the stereotypes that I've learned about the world don't apply anymore and I don't like it. I don't because I'm an old soul and I want the world to fit into my neat little boxes. I've got two other things that I thought I would speak about, but I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. And guys, you don't need any more of my negativity this week. It's, it's, it's the last public holiday for a couple of months. It's, you guys, you guys you, you, go listen to Hamish and Andy. Go let Hamish prop you up, you know. But uh, I, I don't really have too much to say about these last few things, so I'll smash them. Kid got stabbed at the Easter show. <laughs> What's the deal with that? <laughs> Am I right? And then the other thing I wanted... No, okay. Isn't this just insane? Multiple children arrested for bringing a knife to Australia's Easter carnival. Where are these... And apparently they're getting scanned. They're getting going through metal detectors on the way through. And this just goes to what I've been saying for years. What are they putting in the show bags these days? Do you remember when it used to be chocolates and lollies and now hand combat weapons in the Nautica show bag for these lads. Unbelievable. The Easter show needs to take a long, hard look at itself. Also just, because it sounds like what happened is is two, two separate groups of teenage boys who were very proud of their postal address, who, have, who, who, who get a lot of identity from their postcode. Me, on the other hand, grew up in a postcode I'd rather no one knew. And not just because it's my bank pin. Shouldn't have said that on the internet. Well, you know what? If you're a super fan, if you're willing to go find, find out where I lived, what postcode it was, find it, you know, rob me, take a card. Look, I think you've earned it. I think, uh, I think you know, when I start up a Patreon, you deserve a lifetime membership regardless if you're willing to go to those, those lengths. But... Um, <coughs> These two, these, these two groups of, of teenage gangs have gone, all right, we gotta, we got to pick a place. We got, we're going to have to pick a place to go at it. And they're like, well, where, where should we go? Should we go to the park? Should we go to the Coles parking lot? Should we, uh, should we do it at a house party we're all invited to? And one of them has gone, well, actually, we've all got passes for the show this weekend. Um, and we're really keen. Like we, John never went to the lumberjack finals. He's never seen it. He's never. So we're going to do the show driving. Uh, we're going to we're going to see the lumberjacks. We're going to get some show bags. We might ride a few rides. They're so expensive, though, aren't they? Like, yeah, it is. They are expensive. It's crazy, unbelievable. I mean, it's like how how are families expected to go and have a great time in the Easter show? Look, honestly, if I hadn't rolled. That North Shore kid last week, I wouldn't have been able to afford to go at all. Oh, man, tell me about it. Anyway, we'll, we'll go to the Easter show. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get some cotton candy and, and we'll, we'll go get some show bags. Um, very, very, just, just want to say very quickly, the Twix show bag this year, best value for money is what I'm reading. Uh, and, uh, and look, we'll, go, we'll put those in. We'll, we'll, we, we, wait, would you guys want to go halves on, like a, on a locker? I think they have those lockers. We can put all our show bags there and then we could meet. 
and beat the fuck out of each other. And I'm like, that's, that sounds like a beautiful day out. Sounds like the perfect day. And for all but one of them, it almost was. And on that delightful note, imagine getting stabbed at the Easter show. Imagine getting gouged twice in one day. <laughs> That's great stuff. Guys, it hasn't always been emotionally uplifting, but boy, we've had a great time, haven't we? But that's all the time we have for this week, ladies and gentlemen. So please have a fantastic return to normality. Don't, don't, don't let me drag you down. Don't let me take you down with me. I'm sure you'll have a fantastic week. You probably had a great long weekend. And you know what? I probably did too. But you try telling that to me now. Because I am bitter. What can I say, guys? It's been an absolute joy. I've had a great time. I'm feeling in a good mood. Things are turn around for Tom. Maybe this trip to the Gold Coast on a four-day-long weekend won't be that bad. <laughs> Fuck, I'm such a little bitch. All right, have a fantastic week, everybody. And I will chat to you soon. See us.